Every day, Every day, millions of mums leave their families to battle the daily stress of a 9-to-5 job. But here at Mumpreneurs Online, we do things a little differently. What if you could have the freedom to work when and where you want with your own online business? This is the Mumpreneurs Online Podcast. And to tell you more, here's your host, Fiona Lewis. Well, hello, it's Fiona Lewis here from Mumpreneurs Online and welcome to the next installment of our podcast. Today we have a very special treat for you. We have a serial entrepreneur and number one author. His name is Carl Taylor. He's now 26, but he started his first business at age 15. And after 11 years in business, he has built and sold three businesses. And he's also generated seven-figure revenues. As an avid speaker, business advisor, and consultant in the areas of marketing, systemization, and business sale, he now focuses predominantly on teaching others how to buy, build, and sell businesses for maximum profit. Carl and I met uh, just over a year ago, and uh, we're involved in a business group together, and I've always been really impressed with the conversations that Carl and I have, which is why I've asked him onto our call today, because I know he has a lot of very valuable information to share with us. So welcome to the call, Carl. We're very pleased to have you here. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. We've just uh, heard a little bit about you and uh, about what you've achieved in such a short period of time and in, at such a young age. Can you just tell us a little bit more about yourself and, and what you've been doing? Yeah, sure. So, like you you mentioned, I uh, I started my first business at 15, and it's quite quite interesting when you start at an early age like that because I think in some ways it's good because you don't know what can and can't be done. But at the same time, uh, I knew nothing about business. It was I was just completely naive, hadn't read a business book, no idea what to do. And and like a typical entrepreneur, I went out there and I borrowed some money to take my vision, my idea, and try and take it to the masses. And, and that business, that first ever business, which was going to be an online costume shop selling and renting fancy dress costumes, failed miserably because at 15, all I knew was other 15-year-olds that I went to school with and maybe my family. So when I bought this this particular costume in from overseas, it was great, but no one really wanted it. You know, They, they thought it was awesome but they didn't have the money for it and they, they didn't really want to hire it. So that business kind of failed miserably and I learned a very fundamental lesson that without customers, you have no business. Yes. And uh, it's that old saying of find out what the market wants and then give that to them. So that was a very crucial learning and fortunately for me though, that that business, while it failed miserably, it led me on, I had to learn about web design and web development um, to, to build the website that I'd started building. And I was just start chatting away to a, a, a guy, I work, was working casually at a pizza shop and one of the customers came in and we were just talking and he had a business and he was wanting to get a website done. And I said, oh, well, I could help you with that. And that kind of then kicked off my real proper first business at 15, which was doing web design, web hosting and development for uh, small businesses in the area. And uh, so I did that all through high school, you know, studying, trying to juggle doing the, the business. And also I, I was also uh, made the manager of the pizza shop that I was working at. And so I would be often working till say midnight uh, at the pizza shop straight after school. I would then go home and work on some of my clients' stuff. Also, you know, being in web hosting, especially back then, it, it was very much, I used uh, USA um, hosts, 
So I was having to be up at, late at night to, if I wanted to talk to anyone uh, who were my suppliers. And if websites went down, even at 3 o'clock when you're hosting business sites, you've got people calling you. So uh, it was very busy and then obviously I'd be up ready for school at 7am the next day. It just blows me away, Carl. I've always been really curious. What is it uh, that makes a, a person of that, such young age even start to think like that? Was it something that was engendered through your parents or was it just something that was within yourself? Look, to be honest, because I've done a lot of personal development, a lot of stuff now, the truth is it was significance. And I think from what I see around a lot of entrepreneurs that I know, I know a lot of young entrepreneurs now, and we have a lot of similar stories of our backstory in that we often were teased at high school. And in a way, getting into business for a lot of us was about significance of, look, I'll show you. I'm going to dominate the world. I'm going to be this successful person. And if I think about it, that's really what the reason was. Like I was a very shy kid at school when I started that. And I saw my dad working at home because he had his own business. So I was kind of at least in the world of you could have a small business. Mm -hmm. But my mum was a high school teacher and she's all about, you know, go to uni, get a job. Whereas my dad was, okay, yeah, look, you can work for yourself. So I had to kind of split values growing up. But it was really of, it was more significant. If I really think about it, it was about the significance. So sometimes, you know, getting teased at school and, and, and not being the most popular person can breed very a lot of entrepreneurs. Mm. So you've gone on from those first couple of businesses to, to generate many other businesses and you've gone through a lot of, like you mentioned, personal development courses and obviously a lot of other uh, business-related and marketing-related courses. I have, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it's very important as an entrepreneur, you know, starting out or even seasoned entrepreneurs, you've got to keep learning. You've got to keep growing. I, my, I live my life by a philosophy called Kaizen, which is known as continuous improvement. And uh, the only way, because now I've led into teaching, I'm teaching other entrepreneurs how to buy, build and sell businesses. And the only way that I believe I can be a good teacher is if I'm an excellent student first. Mm. I've always got to keep learning. I've always got to be trying new things, learning from the greats so that I can work out what works and I can pass on the best information to others. And ultimately, how can I be the best me if I haven't learnt from other people who are better than me at something? Mm. Yeah, that's so, so true. And it's, especially if you are going to be out there and being the leader, it's important that, that people do see you as a lifelong student yourself. So you've, you've been, I, just speaking to you, I know that you've always got really big projects that you're working on and, and the buy, build and sell business thing that you're working on right now is, is really exciting and I'm really looking forward to seeing. Uh, you've got a, a workshop coming up on that, don't you? Yeah, yeah. In a couple of weeks, I'm doing an event called How to Buy a Business for a Dollar, which is basically sharing with people how I was able to negotiate a business that they were originally asking $30,000 and I was able to negotiate down to let's just do a $1 deal. And it's really to kind of display to people that it is possible to buy a business. You don't have to have a lot of money. I'm not saying, yes, you, every business is available at a dollar, but it can be done if you know what to ask, what to look for. And there's this huge opportunity because starting a business can be quite challenging. Mm. Sometimes buying a business uh, will be a, a much more profitable and a quicker way of, of getting started. Yeah, that's so true. And because you've got all these things going on, I'd imagine for you being productive and leveraging your, your time is of utmost importance. Oh, absolutely. 
again, you know, typical entrepreneurs, we uh, have what's known as the entrepreneur's curse, or I like to call shiny ball syndrome. <laughs> of you know, you'll look look around, you'll see something, you start it, and then you see something else, and you go, oh, I'm going to do that, oh, I'm going to do that, oh, mm. I'm going to do that. Opportunity you everywhere, know. isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely, and that's true. There is opportunity everywhere, and one of the most crucial things I think for anyone who wants to be productive. Uh, or I actually don't really like the word productive. I prefer effective because productivity is about getting things done, whereas effectiveness is about getting things done in the quickest and shortest time possible, right? So if you can be more effective, the only way you're going to do that is through focus. And you know, I, I learned this lesson when I had, uh, I had an IT business and I had a gift hamper business. I was running the IT business. I then went out and I bought a gift hamper business. And so what happened is instead of having quite a, a strong IT business, I went to having two mediocre businesses. And it wasn't until I then sold the gift hamper business again that the IT business started to go up again. And so when I looked at that and realized that it's because I had a split focus, and I think focus is crucial. One of the best things, you know, you need to have an outcome in mind and you need to then break it down. And it's actually something in, in my book, Red Means Go, that I teach of, of what I call the hierarchy of goals. You need to essentially figure out what's the long-term vision, what are you trying to achieve? And then you need to break it down into manageable chunks of mid-term goals, short-term goals. And then you break down those short-term goals into tasks. And if you do one, at least one thing, one task every single day, then you're moving forward and you're moving towards that and you're becoming more effective. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, productivity is very important. And, and also, part of focus is about minimizing distractions. And there can be a lot of distractions in business and in life, especially you know, for your audience, I believe, you know, mothers, there's a lot of distractions going on every day in the household, in family life. But then in business, you know, email, email is a massive um, mm. distraction for so many business owners. It is a huge distraction. It really is. Mm. Yeah. And I know even for myself, it's something that you need to really be quite, well, for me, I need to be fairly regimented with it because otherwise I find that you could be sitting on emails all day. But have you been through that? What have you done about dealing with those problems with you know, emails just constantly bombarding you? Oh, absolutely. Uh, especially when I was in my IT business, you know, I, I would see people, you know, we had a lot of small business and medium business clients and I would see their inboxes just filling up, filling up and it was challenging. And even my, myself, uh, at the peak of probably the worst days when I was getting emails, I was getting around, I think, around 240, 250 wow. odd emails a day. <laughs> And when, when you get these emails, like, you know, let's say you come in the office, you open up your emails and you just see that many unread emails, let alone the fact that you probably had a number from the day before or two days before that that you hadn't actioned yet. Mm. It's very overwhelming and you just, you just kind of want to close the computer and go away and crawl up in a corner, right? Yes. So I, I worked out that, you know, something need, I'm very good at systems. I'm very good at, at streamlining things and said, okay, look, there's got to be a better way of doing this. So being a good student, I went out and I looked and I started searching and reading books on you know, email systems, productivity, how could I learn to be better? And uh, ultimately what I've, I've now been able to do is that my inbox has gone to zero, what we call inbox zero. It's empty, if not daily, at least by 5 p.m. Friday because your inbox is one of, it's that whole overwhelm feeling. That's, that's the first thing is when you come in, you've got that many in your inbox 
it's just crazy. And using these different strategies, I've been able to go from having you know 250 odd emails that now I've got five to seven emails that I actually need to action every day. Uh, other than that, everything else is either actioned, archived, or annihilated. It's very important if you can put some sort of a structure around it and limit your time that you spend on email as well. Really important. That's just unbelievable. To me, that's like the holy grail. Having an inbox that is, is empty or empty by the end of the week, that's just unbelievable. Fast track the success of your online business. Download Fiona's free e-course, The Three Big M's, the three biggest mistakes that most women make with their online business and how you can avoid them. Go to mumpreneursonline.com now. Now, you mentioned three things. It's either actioned. What was the next one? Basically, every email that comes in, you need to either action it, archive it, or annihilate it. It's the AAA method. <laughs> I like the and, annihilate one. <laughs> yeah, or, and, and you, you'll be surprised at how many you should probably be annihilating that, that you're not. The idea of with action is another rule called the two-minute rule. If you can reply to the email or do what the email is asking you to do within two minutes do it and just you've actioned it it's done you can do it in less than two minutes get it done if it's going to take you more than two minutes maybe even to read the email or do something else then you need to archive it away somewhere and flag it for some sort of follow-up that you need to action this at a later date the, it's about just momentum and keep going when you especially if you've got that 250 odd emails there you've just got to get through them and get them so that you've sorted it out to having maybe 10 that you need to actually action yep. you know another big thing in in emails is the amount of junk that we subscribe to, the lists that we get on. And yourself as a, as a marketer and myself as a marketer, you know, we, we want people to stay subscribed to our lists. But I, what I find is that a lot of people don't add value to their lists. Mm. And it happens to me. You, know, you get on someone's list because you wanted something interesting, but then they don't keep adding any value. And you just then start getting filled with all these emails that you don't action, you don't do anything about. And that adds to that overwhelm yeah. of too many emails coming in. So, you know, unsubscribing from, especially like if deal sites, like, yes, they're good, but why not when you're looking for a deal, why don't you just jump on the deal site as opposed to getting those emails daily or at least reduce it down to getting them weekly or something. Because mm. I, yeah. I know for me, uh, there was a phase where that was the biggest cause of email clutter in my inbox was, you know, all the things I'd subscribe to. And as you say, a lot of the lists that you subscribe to, they're, they're basically not adding value. They're just trying to sell you more things or push you to someone else's product. So unsubscribing to those was a huge release for me. That, I mean, that cut my inbox down by 60 to 70 percent just by doing that. Yeah, you, you get surprised at what you've subscribed to over the years. And sometimes it's like, you know, you subscribed to it six years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think for me, and I'm probably for a lot of the, the women that are probably listening to this podcast, Carl, you know, when you're in that phase of researching and wanting to stay up to date with, you know, the current news in your market, you, you tend to subscribe to all these lists. But then, as we mentioned, you're getting not very good quality um, information through the emails. What I did as, as I subscribed is I actually, if it was someone that I did want to stay in touch with and make sure I knew what was going on in their world, I then used my Google Reader account to subscribe to their feed for their blogs. So I was actually getting the, the education, the learning side of their world rather than just their promotional materials through the email. That's a great, great strategy, great tip, mm. yeah. So what do you see then are some of the biggest mistakes that people make when it comes to managing or not managing for that matter their inbox? Well, the biggest mistake is keeping everything in their inbox. The, you know, and I was guilty of it too, but I see it 
I've seen it over the years. So many people, they just leave everything in their inbox. All the mail comes into just their inbox and that's it. And the problem with that is, again, even though if they're not unread emails, is it one, it makes it can make it quite hard to find things. But two, it's just that mental overwhelm of when you log into your email, whether it's Outlook, Mac Mail or Gmail or whatever you use, of just seeing all those emails there. It, there's this psychological just feeling of just, ugh, there's so much mm-hmm. there, right? Totally. So getting it out of your inbox and having... Uh, what I call like a find it filing system, have a structure around how you file your emails away. But also, when we're going back to the AAA method of, there's a lot of stuff that once you've actioned it, you don't need that email anymore. Like a perfect example is a Facebook friend request. If you've got an email coming through that said someone's added you or asking to add you on Facebook, you've already got that on Facebook. You don't need to keep that email delete it. A LinkedIn message, you know, you've got a copy of that in LinkedIn. You don't need a copy of that in your email as well. Really start to think about, do I need this? Will I ever need to go back to it? If, if you don't, or if it's being stored somewhere else, then just get rid of it. Mm. So if we do need to go back to it, if there's a chance that we might need to reference that, that email again, then archive, archive it. it. And archive it just into a general archive folder, or do you have things separated out into topics? Yeah, I I use a a number of different structures around it. I structure things by the context of what they are. Uh, This is why, so I recommend as as a platform or even a client even for your email using Gmail. And if you're in business, then I recommend Google Apps, which is the Google for business. And the great thing about Google Apps is, one, it's free uh, for up to, I think, five users or or something now. Um, And you don't, the Google for Business, Google Apps, doesn't mean you have an at gmail.com address, which, look, is very unprofessional. I've, I've been given business cards from people and they have an at gmail.com. It's just it, straight away, even if they you know, maybe quality in what they offer, it's straight away just, may, I, I think, less of it. So Google Apps allows you to use the Gmail interface. And the, one of the best things about Gmail is that they have what are known as labels. So if you use Outlook or Mac Mail, you've got folders. Well, the challenge with folders is what if an email needs to belong in three or four different folders okay where do you put it Mm -hmm. whereas with labels one email can have as many labels as you like so i might label something as login details and i might label it as google so i now know that if i go into my my google folder or label there's the google stuff if i go to my login details folder there's all the login details if i want to find the login details for google i can just search for login details Google, and there's the exact email I need. That's fabulous. So the search bar will actually search by label, not just by, sub, by topic or subject line. Or, yeah, right. absolutely. So yeah, I use contexts, I use labels, I use projects, and I use resources. Okay, any other top tips for um, managing emails or big mistakes that you see people making? Uh, the other probably biggest mistake is sitting in your inbox all day. Um, you know, leaving your, your mail program open, having those little toast pop-ups that come up <laughs> to say you've got a new email. Yes. Um, you know, turn all that off. You don't want to know every second that you've got an email. Um, I am guilty of the fact that I do get an alert to a new email from my iPhone, but not on my computer. So if my phone is nowhere near me and I'm just sitting at my computer, I will not know that a new email has come in and it's, I have set times when I'll go and actually check my email mm. to, to decide whether I should actually do it because you want to chunk it. it just, it's like Facebook. You, know, you get on Facebook and before you know it, all this time's disappeared. 
Email is exactly the same thing. You jump in your email and before you know it, you've spent hours as opposed to giving yourself a set amount of time, only being there to look at the last 10 emails or whatever you got in the last few hours, action them all and then get out. Okay, so all right, so you have your set times. How many times a day would you go in to check your emails then? I started out with three. I've now moved on to about four times a day just because of especially if I've got a project going on or I'm trying to stay in touch with people, I do need to, to check it a bit more often. But ultimately, the less, the better. I know some people who will check their email once a week. I'm not at that level. And if you're running a business, I think that's more challenging. Yes. But it, it is doable. Okay. So you go in, you check it, you, you action anything you can do in under two minutes. Anything that was going to take a little bit more time to get through, do you then have a scheduled time of the day that you then go and action all those other things? Yeah, well, you know, that's usually what you'll do in in the next time that you log in or if you've got through all those emails in, in under two minutes, then it's like, okay, now I've still got some more time in my allocated time. Let's go back to those ones that were going to take a bit longer. Yeah. Okay. That's really good advice. And as far as setting up the Google Apps for Business, is that what, what it was called? Is, yeah. Is so that, it's called Google Apps. Yeah, is that fairly easy to set up? Yeah, it is to a degree. Uh, the one little thing you've got to catch out for is that so Google Apps, they have a paid version and they have a free version. And Google, because they're looking to make money, they will make it very easy for you to find the paid version. <laughs> of um, course. So getting to find the free sign-up page is a little more challenging, but it, it, once you find it, it's, it's quite simple. It's like a wizard that you follow along. It does get a little technical at one point where basically if you already own the domain name, so let's say you've already got a domain name that's receiving emails and you want to move to Google Apps, there is a little bit more of a technical thing that you need to set up which is called MX Records and you've got to change your existing mail flow. Basically, it's like a post office saying, hey, send here and then you say, I've moved addresses, now send the mail over here. Mm -hmm. um, that if you're a technical person, you can follow along. In my, in my program, I actually have videos that try to show you how to do it. But otherwise, it's very simple if you use Odesk, Elance, probably even Fiverr. Uh, you could get someone who could take care of that for you. That's really good advice because especially when we're busy, um, you know, us, us mums who are working from home, to sit there and maybe spend half an hour, an hour or maybe two hours or more trying to get your head around it, you know, the idea of paying someone a certain, certain amount of money to fix it for you would be just very attractive. Yeah. And so I'm just curious to know because what is the distinction between using just a general Gmail and, and having your, you know, your other email addresses forwarded into that Gmail account as opposed to the Google app? If you have other email accounts that are then forwarding to your Gmail account, the challenge is that when you hit reply, you are most likely replying from your at gmail.com. And even if you aren't, something that Gmail particularly do is what's known as send on behalf of will show up. Yes. And Outlook will always show if something says send on behalf of and now uh, Gmail does that as well and there's probably over time more and more clients will do the same and so even if you have set up your at gmail.com to allow you to send from somewhere else like for example my my Google Apps account is at boldsolutions.com.au but I often will send from my at carltaylor.com.au when I send an email from at carltaylor.com.au it will send to someone else who sees it the, on behalf of, they'll see it's from Carl at carltaylor.com.au on behalf of carlt at boldsolutions.com.au. Now, if I had just an at gmail.com, it would say the same thing. It would say, you know, carl at carltaylor.com.au on behalf of whatever at gmail.com, which still, again, in my, it's just my personal opinion, but the way I see that is as soon as I see just at gmail.com, I just 
yeah. it just lowers the association in my head. I just go, oh, it's not as professional. Yes, because if you know, if you if you were a bricks and mortar business with not using Gmail, then you wouldn't have that set up. A sort of level of professionalism, wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's all about giving the impression. I mean, even though you might be a home-based business and working from a coffee table or a, an office desk in your living room, you still got to have the impression of being a respectable business. Yeah. The other benefit too is, you know, if you have a Google Apps account, it's uh, you can have lots of email accounts under that. So you, could, if you've got staff, you've got a virtual assistant. You maybe you are a bricks and mortar business. You know, you. You can have multiple email accounts and you can manage all of that from one place. It's, it's like having an email server. You can share files between each other. It knows that you're a, a group of people together. That's, okay, so that's very interesting to me especially because I've got admin at mumpreneursonline.com and I want my virtual assistant in the Philippines to be able to use it, but then I also want to be able to use it. So if it was set up on Google Apps, we could both use that. Is that Absolutely. Fantastic. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. Well, you're even teaching me new things, Carl. <laughs> That's fabulous. If you'd like to become a mompreneur and spend more time at home with your family, thanks to a successful online business, then we can help. Join the Mentoring Moms Membership Program, Mentoring Moms membership program. and access a full range of step-by-step videos and supporting training materials. The Mentoring Moms Membership Program is an online business blueprint just for moms. To find out more, go to mentoringmomsonline.com. Okay, so if people don't want to use Gmail for their email system, can they still use these sorts of things that you're talking about in, in other email clients? Yeah, definitely. You could do the, the general principles I teach, you know, about, you know, first you need to minimize, then you need to systemize, and then you can realize, which is kind of what you're talking about there, is eventually uh, getting virtual assistants to handle the bulk of your email, doing those action archive annihilates for you. But all of that will apply to any email client. The other thing I should say though about Google Apps is that it is something a common people say, oh, I don't want to use the web interface. If you use Google Apps as your email system, and there's a benefit of that because it has great spam prevention, so it yes. will reduce your junk, which will help you with your you know, war on email, but you can connect to that from Outlook. You can connect to that from Mac Mail. You can connect to that from Entourage or whatever mail client you use. Um, you can use an IMAP account to connect with your Gmail account. So you can use whatever email client you like. But the beauty is that you will always have the Gmail access as well. So you know, if you're away or you're traveling and you don't have a computer, you can just log into Gmail and get your emails. And you get all the benefits as well but you can use whatever client you like. I mean, that's definitely something that's attractive to me because I am, do travel around a bit or I might be out, out and about. The idea that you can log in anywhere from anyone else's device and access your emails if you need to is such a super thing. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. This is Mumpreneur's online must-have resource, resource of, of the, the week. week. All right, so Carl, we have a resource of the week section now. Have you got something that uh, you'd like to share with us that is something that connects with what we've been talking about? Yeah, sure. Actually, a, a really great tool. So we're talking about email. If you do use Gmail and you, you use the web interface of Gmail, there's this great tool called Reportive. And Reportive is, is a free tool, but what it does is basically the ads that you would normally see down on the right-hand side when you're looking at an email, mm-hmm. it removes those ads and it creates a bar of 
social information about the person that you're emailing or get received an email from. So it would using the email address, so Fiona, when you send me an email, using your email address, it will have looked up and found your LinkedIn profile, your Facebook profile, your Twitter account, anything social media that you have connected to that email address. It will then have found your a profile picture if it's public, and I can then see, if I'd never met you before, just in our email, I can put a face to the name because I'd be able to see what you look like. And I can actually, from one click, request to become a friend, request to click uh, connect on LinkedIn, follow you on Twitter, and see a little bit of more information about you or just go and check out your profile. And that's really cool. Now, if you don't use Gmail and you use Outlook, and I'm not sure if it does work in some other tools, but there's a, another one called Zobni, which is actually inbox spelt backwards. Um, <laughs> Zobni is the same kind of thing. Uh, I think it is still free, but it does have a paid version as well. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely prefer Reportive, but it, it, it's only a web-based and only in the Gmail interface, but does the same kind of thing. It looks up, finds all that information about people, which is just a great way to add a personal touch to your emails and to feel like you know them. I am so going to be installing that when we get off this call. <laughs> that sounds amazing. And I, I, we won't go through them all now, but obviously one of the other big benefits of Gmail is that there are lots of add-ons that you can add to it to improve their functionalities, aren't there? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, in Inbox Domination, I, I tell there's a lot of what are called labs, and I tell which ones you should turn on, which ones you shouldn't, because there is some junk, but there are some really cool ones out there as well. Fantastic. Well, I can't wait to go and get... What was the name of the, the Gmail one that you, you mentioned? Reportive. Reportive. Okay. And where do we go find that? I believe it's just reportive.com. It's uh, R-A-P-P-O-R-T-I-V-E.com. Okay. Fantastic. Well, you know what I'll be doing after this call. Mumpreneur's Listener Dilemma. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Carl, now we have one of our listeners who's uh, sent me through a question. We have Rebecca from Adelaide. And she's wondering what to do with her inbox if it's already full with thousands of emails, some of them read, some of them unread. How, what does she do to get rid of them and to get her inbox empty the way that you have? Mm, absolutely. That's always a challenge for people. <laughs> um, you've got kind of two options, Rebecca. The first is you could just literally pick, go say, okay, I'm going to go back to two months ago and then anything past that pick it all up and put that in a folder or a label and call that old inbox and just get it out of your inbox, yep. put it somewhere else. You could do that. I don't prefer that option. It makes it harder if you need to find that stuff, but it's a great way if it's just all too much to get it started. Otherwise, what I suggest you do is you start at the bottom. Now, this depends on how many years that all that mail goes back, but you go and find the oldest emails you've got and you set yourself, say, 10, 20 minutes and you try and do 50 to 100 emails and just do the AAA method on it. Action it, archive, or annihilate it. And if it's really old emails, you probably don't need to action any of it. So it's probably going to be either archive or annihilate, yep. which is basically do I delete it or do I need to file it? What am I filing it under? And just do that and set yourself little goals of I'm going to get a certain amount done every day. And eventually, depending on, again, how many emails you've already had uh, in your inbox, you will get it to a manageable it's, it's like I was saying, you know, you have your end in mind, what you're trying to achieve, inbox zero, great. Break it down into some tasks and, and sub-goals. Yeah. 
and and just do a little bit at a time. Yeah, otherwise it's you know completely overwhelming. I like that idea of maybe you know once a day try and get rid of a hundred emails either annihilate or archive. I know for me when I went through that process just after we met, and I said to you I've got uh, thousands and thousands of emails. I think they went back three or four years back, and I'm really I mean am I really going to need them from four years ago? I, I doubt it. I think there was maybe one or two that I thought I should keep. So, ladies, if you're listening to this, it may seem completely overwhelming to go through that process, but I went through this just over a year ago when when I met Carl, and it was so good to get to the end of the end of it. It took me, I think it took me a couple of months, Carl, <laughs> to get wow. through it all, um, because there were literally thousands of emails just sitting there. But it was a good feeling to get to that point where I knew they were all gone and they're not sitting there anymore. Absolutely. Fantastic. So we, we, we talked a little, quite a lot about inbox domination, Carl. Can you tell us a little bit more about that program and how our listeners might be able to get hold of it? Yeah, look, uh, so Inbox Domination, it's a, a web-based training video program. Basically, it covers a lot of what we were talking about. You know, what, what's the theory side of it? What, what do you need to do to get control of your email? Talk about, you know, the two-minute rule, AAA method, a lot, find it filing, how should you structure your filing? And then if you do choose that you want to work with Google Apps, I have videos there about how to register for Google Apps what tools you should use. I talk about you know, videos on how to get reportive, how to install reportive, what labs I recommend turning on and, and not turning on, and how to set up. I, I've actually set up in my inbox uh, using Google Apps a dashboard of I've got my inbox down the left-hand side, but then down the right-hand side I have my what, what I need to action right now, what I need to follow up, who I'm waiting on responses from. You know, I think that's big when you're sending people an email. I know I'm guilty of forgetting I'm waiting for a response and that they haven't responded. So now I've got a little place of seeing, hey, this person hasn't responded. I'll send them another email mm, and say, did you get it? Yeah. Or I can call them. And so I've got that as a visual dashboard about what I'm doing. And so it's about how do you set that up? I show you how to do that using videos. I'm updating it all the time. It, you know, Google's gone through a massive change recently in how it looks. So the videos are a little bit out of date in how they look, but the, exactly where things are, pretty well the same. And the, the, what you need to turn on is the same. And I'm just going through and updating those videos when I get the chance to, to show where they are now in the new interface. Okay, so um, as far as uh, where, where our listeners can get hold of that, I'll have a link on the page at mumpreneursonline.com. You can search for the podcast uh, with Carl and I'll have a link there. Um, otherwise, if you're listening to this on iTunes, you can go to www.securelinksdirect, which is spelt um, secure and then links is spelt L-I-N-K, oh, sorry, L-I-L-I-N-X direct.com forward slash inbox dash domination. So that's www.securelinksdirect.com securelinksdirect.com forward slash inbox dash domination. So Carl, um, fantastic. I mean, I just think, ladies, if you're listening to this, really take on board what Carl said. Try and put some of it into place. And inbox domination is a very powerful course that will really help to free up your time. And I know, I actually heard from one of, one of my members today, Carl, that she said, you know, I said on, I asked on our private members' uh, Facebook page, you know, what's one of the biggest challenges? And she, and she one of the members said, it's all about you know, finding the time to do the business and to spend time with the kids without feeling guilty that you're also doing this business. So this is just one element of finding more time because it's going to really increase your effectiveness. I like that distinction you made, Carl, between productivity and effectiveness in making sure that you're using your time in the most effective way. So... Carl, I know that we're going to have you back on board because you've got a lot more to share with us other than just talking about managing inboxes. 
So we'll be looking forward to hearing from you again. Uh, thank you very much for your time. My pleasure. And we'll speak to you again soon. Okay. Thanks. This has been another episode of Mumpreneurs Online with Fiona Lewis. Take control of your life. Start your own online business and live the lifestyle of your dreams. To find out how, visit mumpreneursonline.com now.